0: what the actual fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians yours truly sammy previtt owner of fine food freedom and jenna warner owner of happy strong healthy we can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body try, learn, and grow. Welcome
1: back everyone to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. We are really excited. We just had an incredible interview with Cameron Rogers, who was named one of the five entrepreneurs changing New York's wellness scene by Forbes Cameron Rogers, the courageous voice behind The Freckled Foodie, is a content creator and authority in the wellness space on a mission to make healthy living realistic and approachable. Anytime Cameron decides to share content, you can expect to see the real, the raw, and the reality. Cameron makes a conscious effort to show you the truth of her life's journey without a filtered lens. In a world that often feels overly curated and inauthentic, Cameron is a voice challenging the status quo in all areas of wellness and social.
0: Cameron is also a strong advocate for mental health. Through meaningful and candid conversations, she wants to reassure everyone that no matter the emotion they are feeling, they are not alone. As someone openly living with general anxiety disorder, Cameron is passionate in sharing the struggles she faces in her personal life, both mentally and physically, and has continued that transparency throughout her pregnancy and postpartum journey, which we talk a ton about today. She shares an honest and open book outlook on the roller coaster ride of her pregnancy, including her challenges with being pregnant during a pandemic and its loneliness, struggling with postpartum depression, and the guilt of many feelings she has not seen others speaking as openly about on social media. And last but not least, Cameron is the podcast host of the Freckled Foodie and Friends podcast.
1: Yeah, this conversation encompasses so much of this bio in addition to the pieces that we didn't share um of her bio but that you will hear us talk about right in the beginning of the episode of her story and how she got to be where she is today and how she's making the most out of her postpartum journey it's it's incredible
0: she was so like like i think she uses the words open book on here. And she said like, there's no such thing as TMI. She loves a good F-bomb. So she fit right in with us. And as someone who's currently pregnant and for you, Jen, I know going through the postpartum experience, like this is such a relatable episode. And I think so many people are going to have so many takeaways.
1: And it's not by any means only for people who are pregnant postpartum or trying to conceive, Um, it's just, if you have friends or family members who have ever been pregnant, um, it's just, it's interesting. And to be honest with you, and not to take too long here, but none of this is stuff that I knew before having my own baby. And that could be on me. That could be just because I didn't ask the right questions. Um, But part of me wishes that I knew more, not for my own personal experience, but for my friends and family members who Had babies before me, just to know really what is going on in your friends and loved ones' minds and their lives and how much things are changing and how it's funny. There's like a meme on social media that's like, "No, I don't want you to come over and hold my baby. Like, I want you to come over and bring me fucking food (laughs) because I can't feed myself." And like, I just think back to like the times that I would show up to my friends' houses who had just had babies without anything, maybe like a gift for the baby that they would never use, but. And just like sit there and hold the baby like the mom didn't want that the mom wanted help <laughs> like, it's just interesting and i think we don't really talk too much about that today but we share a different perspective on the postpartum experience that i think can help anyone yeah so let's get into it all right welcome back everyone to another episode of the what the actual fork podcast we are really excited sam and i have been chatting before we even let our guest in to the Zoom room today, just about all of the different things that we want to chat with her about. And so without further ado, we'd love to introduce you all to Cameron Rogers, also known as the Freckled Foodie. Cameron, thank you for being
2: here today. Thank you so much for having me. I love being a guest on shows because it's honestly so much fucking easier <laughs> than hosting one. <laughs>
1: We love to hear that because we're going to make this easy and fun today, and we always like to start out these episodes um, before we get to know you even more a little bit better. We would love to know, because of the name of our podcast, What the Actual Fork, if within your sphere of expertise, if you have had a moment recently or your biggest moment in life where you actually like stopped in your tracks and were like, what the actual... F O R K or the
2: alternative. I know I should have probably asked if <laughs> no, I'm allowed to we curse. curse here. Okay. We say we can... fuck all the time. We <laughs> like, just <it's> like, like <laughs>
0: made our podcast name fork so it's like a little more digestible. But yeah, I get that. I get that.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I my honestly, some of my biggest like complaints from listeners is that I curse too much, but it's just I've had a mouth like a sailor since I was a young age. Um, or a mouth like a trucker, I curse like a sailor, whatever it is. My biggest what the F moment honestly was taking my son home from the hospital with my husband and leaving and being like, so we just keep this thing alive. Like what? No one, (laughs) there's no guidebook. No, like who, how are we supposed to know what the hell we're doing? And I always like knew that going in, obviously we were going to leave with the said child, hopefully. Um, but I think in that moment when we left the hospital and we were like getting into our car, I'm like, Joe, how the fuck do we even put him in the car seat? And like, how often do we feed him? Why do we? How many diapers is he? Like, I don't know any of this information. And to be totally frank, I also like didn't do a lot of research because that would just have, I think, really spiraled my anxiety. So maybe I could have done a little bit more, but I also just think you're sent home with this child and they're like, okay, goodbye. Call us if you pass a blood clot larger than a golf ball. And that's it. Um, and then also I think I just that entire postpartum period was just say, what the actual F is going on here. Because it was it, it was like an outer body experience.
1: Can I just tell you that I was on a Alive once talking to another postpartum mom, and I said the exact same thing. Like I didn't do any research because my anxiety at the time was really focused on my pregnancy, and I wanted to get through labor, and I thought I'd just figure it out. And she's like telling the audience, she's like, "We don't recommend. This. <laughs> like we do recommend that you, you know, maybe research." I was like, "Okay, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, no,
3: nope. that was
1: incredibly relatable and for pregnant Sammy we're not going to scare you today <laughs> but it is also true but backtracking a little bit cuz I skipped over this question tell us more about you how you got to be where you are today as a freckled foodie and how your account has transitioned into the most beautiful and real postpartum message that is can be found on the internet today
2: Thank you so much for those kind words. Um, Oh gosh. How did I get here? I ask myself this often. I honestly feel kind of like I fell into this whole thing, which I am personally struggling with because I feel a little less than I struggle with some imposter syndrome or just, I just don't have the breadth of knowledge that other people have in this space when it comes to being a content creator influencer, whatever you want to call it. I, Was an econ major with a minor in psychology in college, and I worked in sales and trading out of school. So, like, completely different. My mind works way better with numbers than it does with like graphics, design, and words. Meanwhile, like, I I can't remember last time I did an equation now with this job, but I was at JP for five years and I loved it. I honestly was thriving, but I am a very anxious person. I am, I, I would like to say, I thought I thrived in fast paced, high intense environments, um, but really I'm just a high performing anxious person. So yes, I performed, but I was like crippled with anxiety inside. And I was dealing with this these digestive health issues and I was on these elimination diets and that's what kind of led me to start cooking and then sharing. And that's when I started my platform, Freckled Foodie, and it was all food-based. My face was never on the platform. And it was very, like, keeping church and state separate. I didn't want work to think I was doing that. I mean, I told them, but, like, I didn't want anyone at work really, like, seeing me on the account. It was just food. And... Then I actually had this kind of like life altering moment. I got hit by a car while I was crossing the street and I suffered from a really bad concussion and I was on disability for two months. And during that time I was like, what the actual F am I doing? I don't love my job. It makes me incredibly anxious. I have this thing that I'm passionate about. I'll never be as young as I am or have as little responsibility as I have right now um, at that time. And why not take a chance if I come, if I'm in a place of privilege to be able to take this chance, like why not do it? And I went back to work and I was like, I'm quitting. And my boss was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't really know, but this is what's happening. And I quit my job to do Freckled Beauty full time. And honestly, I had like a very small following. I was not making any money. Off of the account yet, but I just felt like there was something in my future that would work. And I wanted to take the chance. And so originally I was doing meal prepping and health coaching and grocery store walkthroughs and kitchen audits and all of these like in-person service services, I guess you could say. And at the same time, I started to share more about me on my platform. I started, I started to show my face. I started to talk about my anxiety. And that's when I really started to build a community. And six months after I left JP, I've been focusing on the service aspect of my business. I was like, you know what? I don't actually like doing these things. And I'm really more interested in the community and content creation of all of this. So I'm going to focus on that. And that was two and a half years ago. And since then, my platform has definitely taken a turn. I mean, I rarely am posting food anymore, specifically recipes. Now it's way more lifestyle, um, focused on motherhood and mental health and personal growth. And honestly, like my tagline and the reason I create any content is to remind people that they're not alone because in some of my darkest days when I seemed like I had everything going on from the outsider's perspective, I was really sad and depressed internally. And that was because I felt really alone and it's a really isolating emotion. And I think if we all put our shit on the table without judgment, we would realize that like, we're all feeling very similar things. So that is my mission on my platform.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I love how your account also says anxiety, ice cream, cursing, and motherhood. That's just like four ways to sum it up. And we love cursing here, like I said. So, um, But that is such a, a beautiful story of transition and taking a risk. And we couldn't agree more with you that the more that people just, like you said, lay your shit out and like strip off the armor and just show that like, we're all human and we all have insecurities and whatnot. So thank you for sharing that with us. And we hope that, you know, that Jen and I talk about imposter syndrome a ton. I think every fucking creator has imposter syndrome because like mm-hmm. no one has a, any idea what they're doing. And there are so many haters and trolls and like as much as we don't want to let them get to us, like they still will like slip their way in there
2: sometimes, but mm-hmm.
0: we absolutely love what you're doing and, and you are needed. So thank you for being here. Thank you.
2: I appreciate that.
1: Oh, Oh, unmuting is apparently challenging today. So let us talk a little bit about some of your most viral videos on TikTok. Sammy, you called one out right before we started recording. What was the tagline in that one that we want to talk about?
0: Well, I love, it was funny when you were asking her what the actual fork moment, I, I was on your Instagram, which it might've been brought over from TikTok, but how your postpartum stuff is like, what the actual fuck is happening Oh to yeah, body. What
2: the fuck is happening to my body?
0: Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think there was a part one to that as well. So would love for you to just like talk about where the inspo came behind sharing that and just how wild that's been having like over 600,000 views or something crazy. At this yeah.
2: There's one that like went. No, crazily probably. viral on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened, but, <laughs> um, I wish I knew basically when I first, so I got pregnant on like a surprise pregnancy and we were going to start trying, but then, and like I had done tests before we started trying. Cause I just, history of weird medical stuff. And one of my levels came back low for AMH and they said that I was going to have to do IVF when I eventually wanted to get pregnant. And I was so overwhelmed. Like I I remember just crying to Joe being like, I'm so confused. We haven't even tried yet. And already they're telling me we have to do this. So honestly, when they told me that we just pulled the method of contraception that we were using, well, really just stopped pulling, if you get what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden I got pregnant. So Jokes on that, doctor. We'll see second time around what happens. But basically, I got pregnant and I like did not enjoy being pregnant, especially in the beginning. I actually hated it. And I felt like, I mean, I love my son so much, right? Like he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But I honestly felt like he was this like virus that had taken over my body. I'm like, what is going on? What is happening to me? And I was sick all day long i hate whoever came up with the term morning sickness cuz it's bullshit um my I, I had such painful cystic acne like uh, things were changing in my body i could have never imagined my boobs looked like a spider web of deep blue veins like it was just wild to me and again i hadn't done research but i also wasn't trying to get pregnant so there wasn't research i just wasn't researching and only a few of my friends had gone pregnant and I felt like everything I had ever seen on social media was like, pregnancy is so beautiful. I am like such an angel and divine and wow. And like, yeah, it's incredible that we're doing this. Like It is insane to me that the female body literally creates a life and homes it and then like births it into the world through their vagina It's or through a C-section. It's fascinating to me. However, it doesn't mean that all parts of it are like pretty and that I enjoyed it. And I just felt like there was so much I was learning that I didn't know that I kept texting my friends who weren't pregnant. And they were like, what are you talking about? I don't understand what's happening to you. And I just kept saying, what the fuck is happening to my body? And one day I was like, you know what, mom? I was talking to my mom on the phone. I was like, I'm going to start this series on IGTV because why not share all these things? And so I did one- that recapped my entire first trimester. And I, I edited it and posted it on IGTV. And it got like, I think like 50,000 views, which I didn't have the same following I have now. So like, even that, even that is great for an IGTV. And I got a ton of incredible feedback. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this every other week. And so I posted one for every other week of pregnancy. And it went all the way up until, I think like, honestly, the week before I delivered. And it created this like, wonderful community around these videos, people commenting that they were either dealing with the same thing or asking me if I had dealt with like hemorrhoids for instance, because they were going through it during that week. And I still have people to this day, I'm six and a half months postpartum messaging me being like, oh my God, I just found out I was pregnant. I'm now going through your what the fuck videos as I get there week by week because it's helping me know what to expect. And people kept saying this is like the reality and honest version of like the what to expect when expecting and my mom had bought me that book i read two pages of it and i threw it out because it was the biggest bullshit i've ever read and i just kept sharing and i am like brutally honest have no filter there are no boundaries people message me like tmi sorry i'm like i don't believe in tmi what do you want to talk about so it it came very naturally to me and i had a lot of fun doing it the one that you're referencing sammy is the one that i did for labor and delivery and of course like I am a meticulous note taker like I hate if someone tells me that they went somewhere and I ask them for suggestions and they're like oh I don't remember where I went I'm like you don't you don't know a name of a restaurant you went to what do you mean I have like full itineraries that I write out after the trip with notes and similarly I had my cell phone like tracking the entire labor and delivery process I was like writing down times when I was contracting and like when we got to the hospital when I got my epidural when the pitocin hit all of this stuff and so I think it was maybe like two, three weeks after delivery, I sat down and I just really laid it all out there because again, I would, did not know half of these things happened. Like my labor was almost 48 hours and I was like throwing up so intensely shaking. I had vomited blood at one point, like the whole thing's wild to me. And I just felt like more people needed to hear about it. Um, And that's kind of the series. And then I did a postpartum one and another postpartum one. So it was so fun. Now I feel like there's less stuff to share because it's not really what's happening to my body, but more like what the fuck is happening to my life, which maybe that's the round two. I don't know. I just came up with that. Um, So we'll see. Maybe that's coming soon to Freckle
1: Beauty. (laughs) I think that an amazing new creation was just born because I couldn't agree with it more. And it's funny when you say postpartum, like in, my twisted, fucked up mind. I thought that that meant like 12 weeks. Like, you get, like, when I worked in corporate America oh, as same. well, like, we got, like, we would give our team, like, you got 12 weeks, whatever, and then see you back here. And now I, like, look back
2: and, like, how the fuck did they come back to work? <laughs> like, no, like, what, like
3: that what? was my
2: biggest realization during pregnancy, honestly, was thank God I worked for myself because I was on the couch the entire first trimester. Could not function. Couldn't have a conversation. Couldn't eat anything. And I remember going on a walk with my husband two days before I, or like three days before I delivered. Because I was dead set on getting this baby out of me. And he looked at me and was like, the fact that I used to work in an office with women, because he's been working from home for the past few years at this point in their pregnancy and I would just be like hey how are you doing all right cool bye have a good day like good luck on your delivery that's crazy and then they just return and we act like I mean I have so many thoughts as a whole other conversation but it's really an eye-opening experience and it puts everything in perspective for not only like the gratitude and respect I have for people who have gone through it before me but also like for the future the way I treat or speak to anyone in it because it's it's really wild. I don't really know another word to describe it. I feel like I'm hogging
1: the mic, but I have to add in that I literally sent handwritten cards to my college best friends. I was one of the last of my college like group of friends to have a baby and I wrote handwritten Like I ordered them from Etsy, like special ones, and I was literally like, "I am so sorry that I was a shitty friend when you were pregnant because I had no idea what the
2: fuck you were experiencing." I sent very similar
1: out to them. Like, not I don't even think I asked once, like how you do it. They don't live near me. It was just like, "Oh, you had a baby! Yay! Let me send you a blanket." (laughs) Right. Literally handwritten cards. And I just remember, I don't think we've ever shared this online, but when I told Sammy I was pregnant, we obviously work from home as well. It was because I was an absolute disaster of a human at eight weeks. It was only eight weeks. And I was so emotional and I was so overwhelmed with life. And I was so just like nauseous and uncomfortable and hadn't eaten anything but bread and cheese in eight weeks. And she asked me a question and I didn't know the answer. And I was like, I'm fucking pregnant. (laughs)
0: Followed by a short few weeks where I had a mental breakdown. I was like, I'm on my first round of IVF and we've been struggling. We had a rough year at what the actual oh my last year, but we're, we're here today and we're thriving.
2: Good. I love that you're thriving. Also, I'm sorry that you had to deal with IVF. And oh I girl, that eventually... it's okay. <laughs> okay.
0: But thank you. Thank you so much. And that's, well, when I was, it, it's funny, you guys thinking about like the postpartum stuff, that's obvious. Like, and and just being pregnant and working for yourself. Like every single day I have so much gratitude, same exact thing you just said, Cameron. And then I think about the IVF process too. Like, it is wild to me that women go to an office or like work a job where they're on their feet for eight hours a day and are like grieving infertility and like going through IVF and paying like 20 plus thousand dollars for one round. And like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't work. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with our country?
2: What the fuck? (laughs) Like, Like I used to, one of my closest, like my work wife was dealing with freezing her eggs and like she was at work every day, like talking about how swollen she was and how she can't turn. And, you know, especially in the job I was working, it's not really like you can like hop off to go to a doctor's appointment. And so it became this whole thing that like everyone had to know that she was doing it because she had to go to the doctor's at a certain time, like every other day. Um, it's, it's so much. And then, you know, I had my best friend on my podcast for a Patreon episode talking about a miscarriage and how she miscarried and then went to work. The next, like that Monday, she miscarried on Friday and she went to work and I was like, how's your weekend? And she's like, it was good. Like there's no maternity leave for losing a pregnancy. It, it, it's yeah. so backwards in my mind. And our country really has a long way to go. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like we can just like ramble on about this and talk about it nonstop, but totally agree with you. And it's, it's just so crazy. So as we kind of, I don't want to say wrap this conversation because we don't want to end it just yet, but like, what's next for Freckled Foodie? And I know that you said you're like, maybe this series, but like, where do you see yeah, honestly. the future of Freckled Foodie
2: going? I just got off a like executive coaching call because I'm working with a coach to like, help me figure out what the hell I want to do. Um, the future, my goal is to Create some space, platform, I don't know what it is, but for women who are going through, I mean, I would love to say IVF as well, but I can't speak from a learned experience, but going through any of these types of fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, create a space where like they feel supported and heard. And just helping everyone feel less alone in that area because it can be really isolating. I struggled with postpartum depression for a bit and it, I've never felt like that in my life. And it can, it's just scary and overwhelming, I guess, are the two words that come to mind for me the whole process. Um, so that's definitely a goal. A goal is also like, I talked about this today on my Instagram, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm over being, trying to be the best. Like I'm very happy with just being good. Being the best is trying to be the best is tiring and exhausting and there's never a break. And I really love being a mom, like way more than I ever could have imagined. And I want to spend more time with him. And so finding a way for my work to be work and not my life is a goal for 2022, because it's really hard to not let them bleed into one another when you're in this space, because everything in a sense can be content and, you know, every the consumer wants more, 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 but there has to be a limit somewhere for like my own sanity.
1: When you put out that course, can you send me up as your first <laughs> one? Because I'd love, I'd love to learn that as well.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just so interesting because my, my, in my experience, like my postpartum journey has not ended. Whereas my physical body may have healed like mentally and emotionally, it still feels very, very raw and fresh. And I also wasn't expecting that from my own experience. And I don't know if you can relate. And I think that one of the themes that I see on your social media throughout every post that you've shared, especially recently, is like, there is this ability for two very different emotions and feelings to exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I love that you really point that out there. Because it's something that I really wasn't prepared for either. So on that vein, as we are coming to a close here, what is one thing that you would maybe not worn is the wrong word but that you would share with women who are pregnant or um are trying to get pregnant about the birth slash postpartum time like what is something that maybe you would wish that you knew
2: or yeah or anything along those lines i think it's the it's kind of what you touched on it's the acceptance that two contradicting emotions can coexist at once Because specifically in the very beginning of postpartum and still every once in a while now, like I can be really sad and angry and upset and resent my husband and hate everyone while simultaneously loving my son so much, being so grateful, actually loving my husband And like, those things can exist at once. And I think in the beginning, it was so hard for me to accept that. And I was so set on, but why do I feel these negative things? I'm only supposed to feel these happy things. And that's just this false reality that we've been sold by, honestly, social media. Um, And I think if I had accepted that earlier on, I wouldn't have been so hard on myself. Because there are still days where I want to punch my husband in the face. And I love him more than anyone (laughs) in the world. But parenting is fucking hard.
0: I'm not a parent yet and I would agree with that.
2: So I hope that's yeah. okay. <laughs> I think marriage is being in a hard. relationship is hard. <laughs> yes. Like cohabitating with anyone is hard.
0: Yes. Communication of coming from two different, completely different worlds and living yes. together is hard. Different
2: desires, different needs, then the endless tasks, even like that just come with living together. It's like, oh, we're out of toilet paper, or has the dog pooped yet? Like the list goes on and on. So
0: before Jenna wraps our episode, I want to ask, just like she did, one little tip, specifically mamas who are fresh postpartum and are struggling with postpartum depression. What is like one piece of advice or, you know, what did, what, what did you wish you knew about postpartum depression or some type of advice you can give them?
2: For me, I think the most important thing is opening up and asking for help. I had someone on my podcast and we were speaking about this and she was, I was going through this was not to try and act like nothing was happening and put on a strong face and keep working the brief thing was calling my doctor saying I need to speak with her speaking to a psychiatrist um and that was the same for me you know I had some really hard days and there was one day where I was like you know what it it doesn't have to be I don't have to suffer it doesn't mean it's going to be easier but I can put in steps to try and make myself feel better. I texted some of my closest friends, my sisters, my mom. I talked to Joe and I was like, I'm not doing well. I feel very depressed. I feel very sad. I'm not okay. And I need help. And I called my psychiatrist. I upped my medication. I'm a big proponent of medication for those of us who need it. Um, and I think, and not, I'm not saying surrender, but Accept that, like, you might need extra assistance and saying yes to help when people offer it. That's something that's been huge for me in postpartum. Someone offers something, yep, sure, come on over, do it. Like, I'm done with a polite no, my God, it's okay. Yes, I need any help that anyone is willing to give me. So, I think that those two things were probably the most helpful and a reminder that everything is temporary. It feels so permanent in time. um, But I think back to like weeks. You know, I I actually struggled more months, three and four than any other time. But if I think back to the early weeks and, you know, Liam not sleeping and I was just breastfeeding all day, it felt like all day long, just covered in someone's shit. I don't know if it was his Charlie's or mine and pee and like breast milk and feeling like my life was over and it felt so permanent at that time. And now realizing how different I feel and- what a different life I'm living now. And that everything really is temporary.
1: Oh, thank you so much for that. I feel like this was postpartum rapid fire,
2: um, <laughs> <so please. laughs>
1: but it was so needed. And in this episode, people are going to get so much out of it. So with that said, can you tell all of our listeners where they can find you, where they can learn about more about you and what it is that you're doing and what is next for
2: the Freckled foodie. Of course. You can follow me on Instagram. That's probably my most active platform. It's at Freckled Foodie. Same with TikTok. Um, my website is freckledfoodie.com, but I'm honestly not that great at being on it. And then I do have a podcast, Freckled Foodie and Friends, where I release an episode every Friday. So that's those are the places to come join the Freckled Foodie family. Amazing. Thank you so much, Cameron. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode
1: of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.